Welcome to another episode of the Creativity Algorithm. This is the show that is designed to help people have good ideas more often. Hello and welcome to this episode titled Tomato Cage. Kind of a weird title, but let's dig into it and see where it takes us. Let me start with a confession. I'm an idea hoarder. I love ideas. Well, duh. I mean, look what this whole podcast is about. I especially like my own ideas. And I wonder if that makes me a cognitive narcissist. I think I just invented a term right there. Probably. I mean, heck, I made a podcast and a blog where I can report on and blather on about my ideas on having good ideas. But I have to admit, I might not be a good listener. I love telling people about my ideas more than I like hearing about their ideas. You know what? I bet that's pretty common among all of us. This is a trait that I'm committed to work on and improve. But in order to do that, first, I need to find a way to help me identify the point when I'm not fully present, when another person's talking, when I'm kind of spacing out or zoning out. The next thing I need is I need a system to help me track whether I'm actually making a positive change. Am I improving? Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm a decent conversationalist. At least I think I am. I don't think that I rudely talk over people or interrupt. It's just that when someone says something interesting, it triggers a cascade of my own thoughts, and then that triggers other thoughts, and then I'm lost in my own idea web. Maybe it looks like I'm still paying attention to them as they continue to talk, but I'm spacing out and then developing my own ideas, which not only is rude on a surface level, but it shortchanges me and them in a, because I'm not paying attention and I deny ourselves the opportunity for a true kind of cognitive or emotional connection. Again, it's something I'm going to work on. Next thing, I have a vague idea of making the creativity algorithm interactive. Something that would allow us to share ideas about sales or business and personal fulfillment and, of course, ideas. It wouldn't just be so I could hoard even more ideas for myself. It would be kind of an open source endeavor for the very reason to avoid hoarding. And remember, it would be open source and we could avoid hoarding and intellectual property issues. It would be a way to track and monitor our progress on improving our relationship with our subconscious and finding the time for relaxed engagement. I even love my bad ideas. I keep them around. Remember, I admitted I'm a hoarder. Have you ever had an idea that disgusts you? It came from your unconscious, didn't it? Maybe we shouldn't throw such things away, even gross or disgusting ideas. And I suggest the idea that disgusted you or bothered you might not be inherently bad itself. In the book titled, Aha! Moments of Insight that Shape Our World, William Irvine suggests that ideas that disgust you represent a conflict between different parts of your mind. He notes that he doesn't have the ick factor anymore to ideas that once bothered him. And I bet that's the same for you and me. I mean, when we are young, and most young children swear that kissing is gross and certain foods are disgusting, they grow out of it. In that, we can tease out a sophism. Our minds are not meant to be static. No one knows it all. Values that we hold sacrosanct are rarely examined logically. So, my challenge or sophism for you and for me is to pick an idea that we hold dear and push ourselves out of our comfort zone and find a situation where we would not hold it dear. Back to my idea hoarding. My wife says that I'm on my phone too much, always on my phone. And that's probably true. 
Like many people, I'm on my phone too much, but too much might be relative. Too much, you know, related to what? And again, not all screen time is creative equally. Of course, I can waste time on social media and watching short videos as well as anyone. And I'm going to suggest that that might not be bad within reason. Many of us feel pressure to be productive every minute of the day. Maybe, just maybe, doing nothing and being passive on your phone for a short time, emphasis on short time, is an acceptable way to just rest our mind for a bit. Whether I'm staring at my phone too much is debatable. I do have it with me 99.9% .9 of the time. When I do have that aha moment or when an idea decides to visit from my unconscious, quickly whip out my phone and write that thought down. How do I do that? Well, right now I use a Google Doc with a zillion links and notes. It is my commonplace book. And if you've never heard that phrase before, a commonplace book is a diary of sorts where thinkers of centuries past wrote down facts, references, and areas to follow up on, and of course, ideas. There are modern apps that act as digital commonplace books. DevonThink is a great example of this. I know I should migrate my Google Doc to a platform that was designed for idea integration, but then I'm bumping up against that comfort zone that I mentioned a few paragraphs ago, which brings us to another sophism. When will your set of ideas be ready to be moved to a different structure? Notice that the presumption is that your set of ideas should move. That means that the current structure for holding your ideas might not be the best solution anymore. Scary, right? Just as a productive and overproducing tomato plant needs support and structure, so does an imaginative mind. If your immediate response to that question of when will you move it is denial or defensiveness, like, no, 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 I got it, I'm fine. If you say you don't need a structure for your thoughts, then I suggest one of two things. The first, maybe you're not producing that many ideas. That's kind of a harsh observation. The second one is that the heaviness of tomatoes slash ideas that creates the necessity for structure. The second thing, remember I said I was going to suggest one of two things? The second is go back to that first sophism where you pick a valued idea and imagine a scenario where it's no longer valued, like your current way of organizing your thoughts. Sometimes we grow out of a system and we need a better or newer way to organize our thoughts or assets or values or possessions or whatever else. So what does this metaphor about tomato plants producing juicy tomatoes have to do with helping sales managers increase efficiency and margin? Well, let's, ask, let's answer that with a question. Is the organization you work for structured well enough to support its growth? Do employees feel supported and comfortable enough to grow good ideas? If our minds are like tomato plants that prefer to grow wild, but need structure and that prefer to grow as many heavy, juicy, tomato-like ideas? Will it reach a point, will our minds reach a point where it cannot produce any more tomatoes slash ideas? That's a scary sophism. Maybe preventing or reversing such a terrifying circumstance is just a function of needing to replenish the soil, proper watering, and facing the sun. 
The next sophism for this week is to figure out how to replenish your mental soil, regularly water your mind and creativity, and keep your emotions facing the sun. In an earlier episode slash podcast that I titled Plant Another Garden, I admitted that, and not just admitted, I revealed, I declared loudly that I'm a terrible gardener. And the only reason I'm writing this episode slash post this way is that I, I was recently watching my daughters as they planted a few tomato plants. Now, I resolutely stood far away and offered no advice, for which I'm sure they were immensely thankful. I think they planted too many. But again, what do I know? I'm a terrible gardener. Which brings us to a question. Can a person have too many ideas? Of course they can have too many ideas if the mind is left to grow unstructured. Would that touch upon the concept of mental illness? Now, also, can you hear the lifelong teacher coming through in me of an undisciplined mind, you know, kind of scolding someone and say, organize your thoughts, not now for this, focus on this, and then you can grow this tomato and you can have that thought after you process this thought. I think you can see that's, that's a pretty fun metaphor. Can we grow too many thoughts? And then what kind of thoughts? Because not all tomatoes and thoughts are, of course, created equal. Well, back to my daughters. So what if they planted too many tomato plants? What if the plants really started to take off and produce? What if that many plants produced so many tomatoes that we cannot use them all? Would the tomatoes die on the vine or would they end up just falling and rotting on the ground? Probably. I mean, there's a certain point of tomatoes that the family can't use anymore. But I suggest that, well, at least in the ideal world, if not in the tomato world, uh, ideas falling to the ground and rotting and being reabsorbed wouldn't be a bad thing. For example, when I started writing this episode slash post, I had a certain idea that I wanted to explore. Well, my tomato vine of thought grew in a different direction and produced something unexpected, maybe more interesting. So I picked that new one, wrote this post, and left the other one on the vine. What will happen to that other one that I left alone? You know, will I pick it for the next post? Will I ignore it? Will it fall away and decay? But it will not be wasted because it will be reabsorbed in the subconscious mind and grown into something new. Now, well, here we go. What if I said this? Cannibalism among plants is normal and good because as a plant falls, it decays, its nutrients get reabsorbed, and something gets to regrow. And I'm suggesting that might be how it works with ideas. But what if I said this? Maybe cannibalism among humans, among people, shouldn't be thought of as bad either. You're like, what? What did I just say? Did you just do a mental stutter step disgusted at the thought of people eating other people? Do you want to stop listening? Well, go back to what I wrote about William Irvine's idea that upon conscious analysis, some of our subconscious values might grow, evolve, and change. I mean, if you never analyze them, then you're stuck with ideas that you don't know how you got and you don't know when you got them. For the record, I'm not suggesting cannibalism is good. I'm just suggesting I'm playing with the idea. Can we evaluate? Can we pick different ideas, let them decay, let them regrow? It's an academic, you know, uh, academic exercise in creativity. Notice I'm backpedaling now because I don't want you to think that I you know, lust after eating some other human being. Clearly, I don't. When I was writing this post, I cut the part that I started with and wasn't going to use. But 
I pasted that part back into that Google Doc for future use. There's that recycling thing I'm talking about. The new idea was picked and the old one was recycled. In this, we can see that maybe there cannot be too many good ideas as long as there's a structure for them, a system to pick one, reuse others, and let others wait until their time is right to be picked. Okay, let's talk about the takeaway. There are quite a few thoughts in this post slash episode, even if they were not planned. In fact, I suggest the tomato metaphor gave quite a bit of food for thought. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that pun. I invite you to join me in the task that I set for myself earlier in this post to be present when others are discussing their ideas. In this task, we're going to have to depart from the usual practice of finding some alone time to think our thoughts. We're going to have to be proactive and find or even create a situation where others feel comfortable discussing their ideas. Like anything else, it might be difficult at first, but practice makes the difficult easy. Imagine how much richer your life or my life will be if we're comfortable letting other people share the fruits of their ideas and actually listening to them as they do. Spreading the thoughts. Ask a coworker if they could grow an idea, what would it be? Then ask, what would they need to grow that idea? Maybe that's too much for a casual water cooler conversation. And if it is too much, then ask yourself that question. Next episode, no more steps on the ladder. Thank you for listening. If you have missed a previous episode, you might want to go back and listen to the earlier episodes.